Hey guys, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jayla. We would like to welcome you to the Sustaining Life podcast. A lot of people have questions about the situations they face and the struggles that come with them. There are those who think the Bible does not provide modern day solutions to our crazy lives. There are those who think the Bible isn't relevant to this day and age. Anxiety, depression, hurt, bitterness, and suffering. The Bible really does have answers and hope for all of these things. Let's Let's dive dive in. in. Hey guys, and welcome back to Sustaining Life Podcast. We're so happy that you joined us. Uh, Thanks for your time today. Today we have the Barlows uh, with us. They are pastors in Independence, Missouri, and we're going to give them a chance to introduce themselves as we begin here. Well, hello, everybody. Again, I am Pastor Rodney Barlow, my wife, Candace Barlow. Good to meet y'all. See y'all. And we're so thankful that uh, Ray and Jayla allowed us to be on this podcast with you. We're very excited. Uh, As far as introductions, we do pastor uh, here in Lighthouse Church of Independence. We've been here just about, what, 10 years? 10 years years in January. Uh, We have three beautiful boys, Rodney, Devin, and Jaden, ages 16, 13, and 7. And we have our handfuls with them in the church, and we're just uh, glad to be on here and hope we can make an impact on somebody's life today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, well, as we jump into this topic, we're going to be talking a little bit about family, uh, marriage, raising children, and, and ministry, kind of how that all kind of comes together. Uh, you know, family in general can be difficult. You know, it can be really good times and it can be really difficult times, especially when you add elements like church and the busyness of that, the busyness of ministry. And just right off the bat, um, you know, what, what do you guys think? What, what are some things you guys do to help the busyness of family and church and ministry, just the balancing act, all the plates in the air? What do you do? What are some things that you like, okay, we really need to focus on this to make sure we can balance this family out? You want to start us off? Yeah. Well, one thing that we make sure is that our children know that beyond the shadow of a doubt, that they're the most important things in our lives. Um, We always schedule family time. We actually have it on the calendar. And during that time period, our children know that mom and dad, they're not going to be called away for a meeting or take an extensive phone call. They know that our phones are put away and that time is simply just for them. What we also do is we also take a vacation um, once a year. And that vacation is all about the kids. So we have an assistant pastor and all the calls are channeled to him. And that's why our children know, you know what? We always have a time where we can say our parents, though they're busy in ministry because, um, you know, both of us minister, right? They take time just for us to make us feel special and important. And that is needed. That's absolutely needed. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what are some things that you see, how do you see that affect your children? You know, when they know that, you know, mom and dad are focused on us, what are some things that you think that, that benefits in their life? Well, you know, it creates that, um, that confidence within themselves, you know, that it's not like there's two quote unquote different lives that are being lived. And so even adding to what she said, we make them a part of ministry. Oh, so yeah. when we're doing things or we're, especially when positive things take place out of ministry, we include them a part of that process. So when they're allowing us to have that time to minister to other people, they feel that they're a part of that. Yeah, we are allowing our parents to be lended to you all for a while. It kind of came <laughs> fine, you know? Yeah. And so really it, 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 it speaks to their confidence level of knowing that we know what we have and we are okay with giving them up for time periods because we have seen them pour into us as their number one priority. So I would say that word would be confidence that you can give children yes. in ministry when you let them know that, hey, you all are first. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, another thing is we, we teach our children what ministry looks like for their age as well. And I think a lot of times when they uh, yeah. see ministry, they think it's preaching and teaching, but ministry for our children right. is helping us when we're having a meeting and they're taking care of somebody else's kids. You know, or if we are in a meeting, you know, my oldest one is gathering together the other kids and say, hey, we're going to be content right here because that's their ministry. Their ministry is helping us help other people as well. I like how you said that, like ministry is going to change a lot of times depending on the age and helping your parents out in this little thing. You may be like, well, I'm not doing this big, huge, glorious thing, but allowing your parents to counsel someone if they're going through a difficult time might just save that marriage or that family right. and I also like how you mentioned vacation uh, which is not general conference and going <laughs> to something on the side it is not that <laughs> uh, vacation is vacation I think oftentimes I am a pastor kid and oftentimes that was a vacation I'm like that I don't feel like this is a vacation like we still have to sit at church and um, I think it is important to make sure there's that that, that boundary and um, that difference, like we're going to go just have fun. There's nothing church related. It's about family. You know, I do appreciate that. I do think it's important to just have vacation, you know, relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I, I wanted to touch on too is um, um, another element I, I, I've heard and seen a lot of different um, situations is kind of, I, I use a school example a little bit. I know uh, when I used to go to school, grade school, um, there would always be certain expectations. You know, we'd have tests that would type, kind of encourage people to be a certain type of, of student, a certain type of career path, certain type of college, those kind of things. And I feel like a lot of times in church, I've seen that as well, where we have expectations that I expect you to be a certain type of person or certain type of minister. And which, you know, it's good to promote certain things, but also I, I'm a big believer in, in, in encouraging creativity and encouraging mm -hmm. diversity in terms of talents and gifts and those kind of things. What are some things that you guys do that, that do that? They encourage your children, okay, you can be the best whatever God wants you to be, rather than you're going to be the best what I want you to be. You know what I mean? That's an excellent question. And so I'm thinking about my middle son, first of all, maybe you can hit little Rodney, but when Devin, uh, right now, he, you might see him if you're ever on our, our uh, Facebook Live, but he's been yeah. playing the piano. He's been playing it for a while. I saw that. Yeah, and it, came, it may seem like, oh, man, you guys had a kid. You just threw him in there and forced him to do it. Well, not necessarily. What you do is you find what, what their natural uh, draw is, their natural interest. And so when he was about five or six, he started to mess with the piano, talk about I want to play it, you know, and at that point, you're just a kid. You don't, you don't really know what you want, but, but he wouldn't let go of it. He would <laughs> always find himself around music, doing music, listening to music to where we said, you know what? I think he's serious about it. And so looking at his natural ability and his natural desire that wasn't forced upon him, we just enhance what was already in him. And that's what's important. Rather than shoving something down their throat or just saying, you're going to do this. And they feel like, okay, fine. You're just looking for what they naturally are drawn to. One thing I will say about Devin mm -hmm. is um, when he approached us, he said, um, I want to play the piano for the church. And that's one thing that he had said to us. So it was his desire that the Lord put inside of him that, that came out through the expression of his mouth to us. Mm -hmm. And we just found a place to help him cultivate it, not pushing him, you know, but we, we cultivated that. 
And I will say that with our children, we never, or not any of them, told them what they're going to be in the church. We never told them that they were preachers. We never told them that they were going to be pastors or anything. So anything that they decided to do, it had to come out of them first because we didn't want to be that factor that, that there's a lot of places that we push them into, right. you know, holiness or um, morality, you know, as far as how they live, but we never pushed a calling on them because yeah. we wanted to be sure that our children were sure in their calling for them for themselves, if that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I think that's fantastic. I know, um, you know, when a lot of people think of empowerment, I've seen a lot of people kind of like you mentioned, um, they would pick or choose people's callings. You know, there's a lot of people who like to kind of take that place of authority and kind of decide someone else's calling. And they have faith for the other person. So they'll, they'll say, okay, you're going to do this. And empowerment, and I like how you guys said it, empowerment is, is kind of, you know, uh, watering what's already there. Because God speaks to us all. And I love the fact that, you know, you're teaching the lesson to your children that they can hear from God. And you know how to, you're cultivating what God has given them rather than trying to establish a path that you want to do for them, which is, I think is fantastic. Um, what type of important lessons do you think are important to show in the home? as a marriage, as, as a couple, what are some things that you guys feel are, are really important for your children to see in your guys' relationship outside of the church? You know what? It's very important uh, for their kids to see their parents, that they're the same people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The same people in and outside of church. So my, my kids would tell you, they would say, dad's part of the word they would probably use is pretty goofy, right? And even our leadership team would probably say, yeah, he could be kind of goofy. In other words, you can be spiritual and you can be anointed and you can be called and you can be used by God and work and operate in power and still have your personality. Yeah. People think that being, being uh, a minister or servant of God means you're just all business, you're all serious. No, let the kids see that you have fun, you have a life, yeah. you have a personality and that you're the same person. You're not preaching one thing in, in the pulpit and then living a different life at home. So in other words, how we also respect each other and how we engage with each other is very important to say that, again, we're in a healthy home, not just because, quote unquote, they are preachers, but they're, they're showing us what a healthy marriage looks like. And that's very valuable. And with them watching us in aspects of that healthy marriage, we're teaching our children. We all have three boys. How do you treat your wife? Right? Oh. How do you treat women in general? What is your role inside of the household? So as they, as they watch us, they see our roles, because eventually they're not going to be kids, and they're going to yeah. have to grow up and learn responsibility. So that's where they see him as a male, because that's what they're going to grow up to be is men of God. But then they also see you know, how a wife receives whatever the husband is pouring into her. And so now they can see, wow, you know, when dad does this to mom, she gets excited, or when dad yeah. does this to mom, she doesn't have this <laughs> excited. And so they're learning through, you know, just life interaction and experiences that they have, how to grow up to be men of God and husbands, even outside of ministry. And I wanted yeah. to add yeah. to that too is we never also, I think this is very important for ministry is, again, you were talking about how there's this picture painting. And what yeah. came to my mindset too is, you can just make it look like, well, a, a pastor's home is a perfect home. Yep. I say is we're not trying to present that. We will be glad to share and be transparent and say, no, we don't have a perfect marriage. We don't have perfect kids. And therefore, the expectation level of the kids means, hey, guys, it's okay to make mistakes. It's how do we recover from that? How do we yeah. learn? 
So even when I say that you got to be the same person in the pulpit and also in the home, that does not automatically mean that means we're perfect in the pulpit, perfect in the home. That means we understand who we are serving, who we are as Christians and how we are loved of God. And again, that creates that healthy environment that being in ministry and being ministry kids, that mean that the kids in the home have to now have this persona because they're the pastor's kids. No, they're just kids like anybody else's kids. Absolutely. I want to also speak to just just the parents and uh, about this specific thing. So we went on our family vacation to Branson, and we went to go see Noah's Ark, you know, that mm-hmm. Christian play. Yeah. And he said something that was so profound <laughs> to me. He was so busy taking care of the animals that he was getting stern and stuff like that. And he said, Lord, you know, I just realized I was so busy taking care of these animals but I forgot to care about the animals. And so yeah. I feel like it's such an important thing that in ministry, in life, we get so busy and we find ourselves just taking care of our kids, feeding them, yep. doing their laundry, helping them with their clothes, that we forget to pause and care about our children, care about their likes, care about their wants and their desires. So we, as you know, a, a couple, parents we need to slow down and enjoy yeah. moments with our children slow down and smell the proverbial roses you know what i'm saying and enjoy them and care for them and about them as well absolutely absolutely that's beautiful that's good that's really good um along that same topic there uh you guys mentioned something about um you know when when people make mistakes when children make mm-hmm. mistakes how do we recover so I, I would ask the question kind of uh twofold uh first you know how what are some things you really do when your children make mistakes how do you approach that and then to make sure that they can hear the right type of response um from a ministry standpoint but also just as a human standpoint you know without the ministry and then when you guys make mistakes and the children see it how would you respond to that what are some lessons that you can um ensure that the children learn from both of those situations if I can say something, I actually taught about something similar to this. I'll let you handle the ministerial point, but I want to handle that practical point. Yeah. Um, I give the example of extending the same grace to others outside the home, being intentional about giving that same grace to your children inside the home. Yeah. I was talking to the ladies and I was saying, you know, if you had a guest in your home and they spilled Kool-Aid on your floor, you would be like, oh, it's no no problem at all. Oh, please, please. We have something to clean that up. But it seems like when it's our kids, we're trying to prove a point. You spill that Kool-Aid, look yeah. at that Kool-Aid, but we have to be able to say, you know what? It's okay, honey. It was just an accident. We have some cleaning stuff. Let's clean it together. We got to learn how to extend that same grace that we do to our friends within our homes. Sometimes we get so comfortable with our children that we feel like they don't um, that we are not even, we don't feel it, but we just don't give them that same grace. So yeah, the key yeah. word is we have to be intentional about the Kool-Aid intentional about the, 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 the food that you spilled on the ground that I'm going to give you that same grace that I give everybody else. And from a ministry. Yeah. Well, just for that perspective too, is, you know, we have a teenager in the home now as well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to just single him out and black him, but <laughs> One thing that you have to say with all your kids is you have to create that culture where honesty is truly the best policy. Yeah. And you create those teachable moments that if we're going to have a home that deals with uh, life issues. And when you have mistakes and you have flaws or, or, or issues that you are dealing with, whether you are a pastor's kids or not, there has to be a, a complete understanding that we are not going to lie in this house. 
And when you have that as your base and that your foundation, when, not if, but when the mistakes happen, you can deal with it from a truthful level and then you can speak back truthfully and honestly about where that path can lead you to. It may not be at the end of it, but different mistakes you make, you're trying to expose them to where the end game would be because a lot of times kids only see the short-term gain. They don't see that long-term loss. That makes right. sense. Right. And so when you're trying to correct, when you're trying to bring discipline and provide uh, morals and values in their life, you just try to show them the whole game. Honesty first, and then this is what it leads to, add it with the grace. Yeah. Add it with options where we go from here. So it's not just, oh, you're in trouble and you go off and you don't, no, no, no. Where was the mistake was? What led you to that mistake? And then moving forward, how can you conquer it next round? And it all boils back to just trying to empower them rather than just punishing them. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I, uh, oh go ahead. No, no, it's fine. Oh, I was to say, I like how you said when and not if just because we're humans and I feel like certain, I, I do feel like um, sometimes in the pastor home or not even pastor home, minister home, or just anybody's home, you can think about it, you know, a doctor's home or a, um, a congresswoman's home. I feel like there's so much pressure on just in the normal everyday American household right. that, yeah. that our kid is perfect and nothing is going to ever go wrong. And I like that you're going to, you're accepting, hey, my kid's going to make mistakes and it's okay. We're going to correct them and I'm going to love them. It's not, my kid is making a mistake and you're trying to like shield and hide and everything. Right. right. And it's just like, so I feel like when a kid does make a mistake, like you said, Brother Barlow, he, he or she can be honest and like, I made a mistake. Because they know that honesty is in the home and that's what you treasure is the honesty so that you can go back and just, you know, correct and just give wisdom. So I really like that point. Sister Barlow, go ahead. Uh, you were about to say something. Well, I am actually going to back up and kind of play off of that same thought before I say what I was going to say. You know, I think part of our children um, being ministers, kids, that we they have to know that we're going to cover them as well. And I can yeah. use an example that somebody um, said something to my kid. Um, try to correct them and then made them feel bad about themselves. And so I had to come and talk to that person and say, listen, this is my child. You don't address them like this. You come to me if there's something wrong, but still, they're still a kid. They're still whatever age. And you have to give them the same grace as any other kid that's not in the ministry. So our children have to know at the same time, they have wiggle room to not only mess up, but their mom and their dad has their back. And right. I feel like exactly. that's very important. Very, very, very important. Absolutely. Going back to what you had asked us about when we make mistakes, um, yeah. I think it's um, something that I had to learn, and it took me a long time to learn. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> our kids deserve respect as well. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we err or we mess up or we do something wrong, we just expect them to deal with it. So something that I had to learn being a firstborn and being a mom and just a strong A type personality that when I mess up, I have to humble myself, go into my children's room and say, you know what, mom messed up. I am yeah. so sorry, you know, that I did that or, you know, whatever it was, you know, I was having a bad day. And you gotta, you gotta get down to a level where your kids don't just get a, I'm sorry, let me tell you why I did this. Now they can empathize with you so that they can receive that apology a lot better. Absolutely. 
I think it's awesome. Even even to this day, uh, you know, with my mom, uh, she'll she'll we'll get in a conversation and she'll just kind of offhand say, you know, hey, I, you know, if I didn't if I ever did anything that I shouldn't have done, I'm sorry. Or she'll say stuff like, hey, you know, I really wish I did better. I did the best I could, but you know, she'll say things like that uh, just to show that you know I'm human, but I tried my best. And I think it's so important for those children to hear that, uh, hear that element of that they're they're so important. Um, you know, it, it reminds me kind of something you just said a moment ago, you were talking about the Kool-Aid example, uh, mm-hmm. treating, you know, giving that same grace to children in the home and in ministry as you would give it to anybody else. And I think that's so crucial because, you know, that alone right there sends a message to them that's so important that says, you know, if you don't give them that same grace, they'll mm-hmm. look at the church and they'll say, okay, that's more important than me. Right. They'll look at the ministry and they'll say, that ministry is more important. That person's more right. important than me. But if you're saying, okay, I'm going to give the same amount of grace, they know, oh, mom and dad are putting me first. You right. know, they'll know that I, they can go to you and trust you. Right. And I think it's so crucial because, you know, kids in general, like they, you know, even now, like as adults, for example, you know, a lot of adults still don't know how to process emotions very well sometimes. Right. You know, and you can imagine as a kid going through adolescence or just right. being a kid, they are exposed to the same emotions, the same experiences. Mm-hmm. They just don't have that wisdom and that experience to handle those things. Right. So that, that parental role to show them and, and help them is so, is so crucial. Um, what are some things that you know, when you guys uh, first got married, A, and then B, when you first had children, what are some things that surprised you? They're like, oh, I didn't expect that. And then how did you respond to those things? Oh, you want to say that one first too? <laughs> well, I think for us, it was maybe a little bit more of a culture shock when we first got married, because not only was it a um, new life together, we actually moved across the country. And so we moved from California to Missouri. So we moved to a land where we didn't know anybody. And I think in the midst of that, um, for me personally, I just speak for me personally, there was a lot of, of, of learning that had to happen, how to adjust to situations when it comes to being married. But one thing with us is um, we had to learn how to, with newly being in ministry, how to adjust to pouring into each other and not just outside the house. Yeah. So for me as a wife, I was more needy of attention um, that I felt like at that moment I wasn't getting because he was passionate about the ministry. But when that was conveyed, we, we learned how to pour into each other in a way that we both needed yeah. while still doing ministry, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is something. We were married young. We got married when we were 21 years old. Yeah. And two weeks after being married, we moved across the state, like you said, left our family everything, and became youth pastors. Well, when you're a young minister and you're doing youth pastor, you want to put everything and your energy in it. And it's not that you were being intentional on being neglectful, but sometimes that can be the consequences of your own passion, even for the ministry. And so it yeah. took time for me personally now to learn and wait a minute, <laughs> there's some actual things and attention that your wife needs even outside of the ministry. So that took some time to learn and put that together. And that's why it is so important to make sure when you are getting married, that God is absolutely your first. Because when God is your first, you can hear the quote unquote criticism or the eye openers to help you adjust to become a better man or woman of God. Now, adding the kid into it. Because, uh, again, little Rodney was our, our, our wonderful surprise. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, again, we were still young and married, and he was 
uh, born less than two years into our marriage, as far as being actually born, born in 04, yeah. we got married in 02. And so now having that dynamic uh, was an adjusting period to say, okay, how do we prioritize now? And we're talking about the yeah. benefit now, right? I'm talking about how, and so with that, that came with challenges because there's some no's that you had to say. There's some things you were not able to do in order to make sure that the family unit was taken care of first. Right. And so to keep it a, a, a general statement, because there's so many scenarios, right? So many options and things are going on. Family first. It's God, family, right. ministry. Yeah. If anybody has it out of that order, I think they are out of order. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 100%. <laughs> I, I think that's fantastic. Um, well, this we're about to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for your time. Really You've been a blessing, it. and I know people are going to be blessed and encouraged. I know it's, it's very rich, and we really appreciate it. Um, before we close out this episode, did you guys have any last thoughts that you wanted to, to mention at all? Uh, I just want to say just thank you again for having us on here and dealing with this topic, because sometimes people don't even have the exposure to have yeah. information at this level uh, and having some practical things that can help them in their everyday life. So just thank you for uh, allowing us to have this opportunity to share our thoughts yeah. and our yeah. wisdom. Love it. It's been all such right. a pleasure. Thank, thank you so you. much. All right. Love Thanks for joining us at Sustaining Life Podcast today. We pray that this time has blessed you. Be sure to check the show notes. It will tell you how to contact us. Whether you want prayer or you want to share something exciting with us or you just want to connect, check it out. We'll love for you to follow us at Sustaining Life Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Join us throughout the week for more Sustaining Life.